Welcome to another episode of the North South Podcast. Um, our official Christmas episode today. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Um, hope everyone's having a good festive season and staying safe. Um, and yeah, Christmas time always the families together and things like that. Darren, you got to watch what uh, the the game that's on for whatever region you're in, whatever sport your family watches. Yeah, and it's a great time for sport because it, the last couple of years and that it's been jam packed. Because yeah, you always you have the Boxing Day test games, you have a full full fixtures of. Premier League, um, uh, there's NBA going on, there's there's rugby going on over here in the Northern Hemisphere. So it's, there's something to watch for everyone that when it comes to sports over this year, Christmas, New Year's period. So uh. yeah, and um, things are a bit quiet with rugby here now, but I mean, so many Springboks playing Northern Hemisphere rugby. It's pretty yeah. much you know there's always thing to watch that's off relevance. But I thought maybe we can get into some cricket first. Um, Boxing Day test matches, we'll just get into the one we're probably not going to be watching, which is, um, I think New Zealand's in Australia. They're playing in Melbourne on Boxing Day. Yeah. I think it will be fun um, to see the highlights for that. Obviously, tracking a few guys' careers there to see how they progress. Um, Not too much on the series, though. I think it'll just be proper cricketing skills to come out on top. Uh, Not too much history of controversy between those two, even though they should be, if you think about it. Um, It just isn't. Yeah, I think it's always like, yeah, the, the first test, uh, Australia won pretty comfortably, I would say. Um, but yeah, New Zealand should have performed better. Uh, so hopefully this, yeah, this Boxing Day test game, they are able to show what they are capable of because they got a really good side. Um, it's, you know, you've got some amazing players in there from New Zealand side, but the Australian side is just, yeah, if you just look at David Warner um, and his record in Australia, uh, his average I think is over sixty, closing in on seventy in Australia. Like, yeah, how do you even yeah challenge that? Uh, you've got Steve Smith that's yeah averaging sixty year and there. You've got Manus uh, Labuschagne, Labuschagne, whatever. Labuschagne. <laughs> That's yeah, doing great as of the moment, scoring a, a big hundred um, in the first test. Uh, so yeah, Australia should win that one pretty, pretty comfortably. Um, yeah, but I, I, think I think the one we we, we we mainly focusing on is the side. Wait, wait, wait! I, I still <laughs> just just on the, just on the, on that other series. Um, I think something to look out for would probably be probably be like the heat wave they're having down there in Australia. Some of the hottest temperatures ever recorded down there. So I think that will be it will put a different dynamic on the game that you probably wouldn't get in Melbourne at this time of year. Um, I think that's something to look out for. And I think that will also do Australia well because I think they're heading to India next. I'm starting off with ODIs there. So some of the dual uh, test and ODI players could probably get some experience in the heat. Yeah. I guess that is. No, but that's dangerous temperatures, though. So actually, yeah. chance of it being cancelled. I, I think ICC do have a limit for how hot it can be when the guys do play. I saw David Miller posting a picture on on Instagram uh, where you're yeah, obviously playing for the Hobart Hurricanes at the moment in the Big Bash League, um, and that the thermometer read 47 degrees in the car. Um, so that's just. Really, that, that's hectic it's even, temperatures. It's even hotter than Peter Maritzburg in in February, March. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that, that's getting up there now. Yeah, yeah, now to the one we're actually probably going to be watching on Boxing Day, um, the big one coming up. I think for me, I'm watching it because I want to see how the guys react to the to the CSA chaos. That's what I'm looking out for because un, under the cosh, South Africa tends to either completely dissolve and collapse or show something special, show some guts because England, they're a special team, man. There's some really special guys on there. Yeah, it's a great. I haven't released the test squad there, correct? I tried to find it um, for England. South Africa's one's out. Uh, well, they've got their, their. It should be out. Uh, they've got their okay. traveling squad. They play. They just played a three-day warm-up. Um, and yeah, it's the usual suspects. Um, there's no big surprises. Um, so. Yeah, uh, it's a strong squad. It's a lot of the World Cup winners. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably... I try, I try to find actually like the, new, the press release. Usually they have a press release for the squad. To win. Um, and I could only find a squad on Wikipedia. So like that's probably like the best guess sort of squad, um, if I can put it that way. But like as of today, the official squad, I haven't seen it in the news yet. Um, maybe it is out though. It'll probably come out there first before it does here. Yeah, possibly. But, prob- but uh, yeah, probably, like you said, probably Joe Root captain, Darren. Yeah, I think he for is the captain. Yeah, um, uh, more ben's... than the captain for the ODRs, yeah. And then probably Ben Stokes, vice-captain. Um, Anderson, um, Archer, yeah, Bairstow, Ford, um, Curran, Denley, Leach, Parkinson, Pope, Sibley, Wokes, and Wood. So... They, had, they do have some youth in there. They try, are trying to get some guys to come through. Anyone there you should probably watch out for that's really been doing well um, oh. in the domestic. Yeah? <laughs> that, that list is full of them. Um, okay, so it's cream is, of crop, basically. Yeah, Ollie Pope is a really good cricketer from Surrey. Um, I think he's had a pretty good domestic season when it comes to uh, the Red Bull game. Um yeah, wicketkeeper, batsman. Uh, obviously, you've got Joffrey Archer. Yeah, he doesn't need much more than that. Um, and yeah, imagine facing a lineup with Joffrey Archer, James Anderson, and Stuart Board. And that's uh, that's probably one of the best bowling attacks going around at the moment. Mm. Um, it'll be um, Anderson. Anderson's one of the best swingers of the ball of all time. And he keeps going, man. He bowls from his own end. That's something else. Um, um, something he's the longevity of, of his career is astonishing, man. I feel like he's been around forever. He keeps himself in remarkable shape, like he doesn't age that much as well. Um, how much longer do you think he's gonna go on for? Oh, probably another season or two, I imagine. Um, mm. I don't think he can. I think he's focusing obviously on test matches at the moment. I don't see, I don't think he's playing ODRs or T20s. Um, so I, yeah, probably another two to three seasons max. And then you'll probably call it time on an international career. Um, I think the speed's going down as well at the moment. So, yeah, he's, he's got a lot, a lot on that uh, line of length and getting the ball to swing. Because, um, yeah, there's not as much pace behind behind him. Yeah, I think I think if we look at maybe how Pollock, maybe Chiminda Vass and maybe McGrath ended their careers, um, they lost quite a lot of steam. I remember Pollock 
struggling to get to 130 for about uh, two years at the end of his career there. Still managed to get wicked, still managed to make the squad comfortably. So there is a way to bowl when you like that. And when the speed decreases, sometimes the swing increases and you've got just a, a hundred and some odd tests under your belt, you know exactly what to do with the ball, when to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, so that that comes into play. So you see guys sort of have renaissance at the end of their careers um, when it comes to those line and length sort of sort of bowlers, especially the swing bowlers. Now getting on to South Africa, getting on to the boys, the Proteas. Um, man, if AB can just cut the, the nonsense in coming back and just come back already, because oh, um, I think he'd be a marvelous addition to the squad if he does i think he will man i think he'll itch he's been playing a lot of golf i mean that can only keep you you know satisfied for so long hitting something but yeah not he's not going to come back for tests or odis it'll only be for t20 internationals i think they just want him for the t20 world cup really um in australia later next year um so yeah that won't affect the the test squad at all but the interesting thing is that, yeah, obviously there's been a big shake-up with um, our, our coaching and that, with Mark Boucher coming in, Jacques Cullis coming in as a consultant <coughs> for the England series, and six new new players um, being selected in the squad. Um, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting time, I guess, for Cricket South Africa, where it's a bit of the unknown. Uh, um, and our assistant see. coach, Enoch... Enoch Nekwe, I think that's yeah. how you pronounce his name. Is he a cricketer? I haven't quite heard of him yet. Uh, yeah, I forgot who he coached. He coached someone, um, either Warriors or, or Lions or someone um, locally uh, for a while. Um, I think he he's a, probably a decent coach, probably not an international coach, I would say. Um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of glad that he hasn't been selected full-time, um, I think. Yeah, uh, because there's a bunch of players you could put, or ex-players or coaches you could put ahead of him in that job. Yeah. Um, and something you and I were having a chuck- chuckle about, but actually now that I think about it, that's quite unfair. Justin Ontong is fielding coach. He was good in the covers, man. He was good in gully. He was, at one point, in our ODI squad, top five fielders. And that's saying something when you have Gibbs, Davilius, um uh, you know the the guys that win the cover, Dumini, Prince, Ontong was right up there. I've seen him take some wonderful catches. Got good hands as well. So um, that's honestly what we need right now is just to go because we have something good to fall back on. Even our recent our recent history over the last ten years, um, it's quite it's weird in South Africa, man. Because like usually in these situations, we hire the exact wrong people for the job. We just once it goes bad, it never comes right again. These are the guys that I'm so confident in them because we've watched countless days where we relied on them. Our hopes and dreams were in them, you know. Pressure was on them and they came through. Um, Massive amounts of concentration, public icons. So they'll have support in building the team up even if we do falter. No one expects miracles immediately. Um, But you're getting the right guys in. Um, And I think for South Africa to secure the services of those guys when you have commentary jobs coming their way, You've got coaching jobs from around the world. Definitely for Colors, he could probably still play, maybe. Am I wrong in saying that? Um, to so, <laughs> so to lure them away, maybe not bowl, maybe just come out in a T20 and smash it. I mean, 
Um, but yeah, yeah, that's beside the point. To lure them away from those sort of markets and things like that, it shows what true South Africans they are to take those sort of difficult jobs. I mean, those are horrible jobs to take right now. Yeah, it is definitely. And it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, especially going forward. Um, like who remains, stays on in that will colors just be there for like a month or two and that's it uh yeah who will they get on as a permanent uh, staff kind of thing permanent batting and bowling and that um yeah. so i guess that's a bit of the unknown but it's yeah it'll be interesting to see as well who they select in, in their starting the starting test match let's um, let's look at the squad real quick um usually we'd have six or seven players that would be sure in yeah. that's changed now um, so yeah, you mentioned six new players selected for tests in the test squad. Um, I mean, like four or five years ago, that would be like hysterical to even think that we'd have six players making the test debut. I mean, people were just so lined up series after series, year after year, in the same positions. Um, it's kind of weird now. Like I'm struggling to pick the starting eleven because um, I see Vernon Philander there. Um, you know, he has experience. Big Vern, I see him there. I see Quinton, Dean, um, uh, Faf. I see Temba Bavuma in the South African A side and the South African Pro Tier side. So I'm not sure exactly where he stands and all that. Do you think he'll be starting for South Africa? I think he should be. Um, I think he's really think he good be. batsman in that middle order um, that we kind of need. Um, I think you're probably looking... I think it won't be a huge shake-up. Um, you'll probably... Have Dean Olga and Aidan Markham at the top, and then probably three will be Fuff again. Um, and then in the middle, you're probably looking at Zamba Bavuma, and then hopefully Rassi van der Dussen. I hope he gets a run. Um, and then, yeah, six, you, you're probably. He's in the squad. Six, you're looking at, at more at all rounder there. I'm not too sure. The, Quinton. No, he's a wicketkeeper. He'll bat at seven. Um, seven. So, yeah, six. I don't know if Chris Morris has been selected. Um, or Doesn't who, look like it. Uh, Pechlechwaio was also selected, wasn't he? Um, yeah, Andile Pechlechwaio is there. There's also space for... I mean, Vernon's... Uh, he averages around 20 in tests, so... No. Could be considered an all. I, I think, I <laughs> so think, dismissive, Darren. I think, I Just think writing Vern, him off as an all-rounder. Yeah, <laughs> Vernon's going to probably warm up the bench for the most of the, most of the series. Um... um KG as well, place for him there definitely in the boulders. Um, you think Keshav will have a role to play in South Africa? Um, yeah, definitely. He's more of a touring spinner. Well, most of his experience, his experience comes from touring. Um, but yeah, perhaps he did, he'll be our starting. He, he had a good stint here in the UK uh, at the end of the county championship. Okay. Uh, um, he was probably one of the the top top uh, wicket takers come the end of uh, end of the season. Um, and these are, these are English pitches, so they're, they're not really uh, spin uh, orientated. Um, Darren, but, can I ask you something about Keshav quick? Like, what makes him good? Because to me, he just looks super run of the mill. How does he get wickets? Is it his flight? Does he get drift? What I, is it? Probably line and length is probably a lot of it. His consistency. When it, Who would you compare him to? Uh, I want to say. I don't know actually who who I could compare him to currently. Uh, I would say something along the lines of Nathan Lyon for Australia, but okay, yes. Nathan, Nathan yes. Lyon's 
got a bit more spin and turn on the ball. He he just got that. Um, maybe maybe like a an Ashley Giles back in the day as well. Just mm, kind okay. of that consistent consistent line and length, getting the ball to grip here and there, um, and just that that persistent bowling. Um, that holding yeah, up one end, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think that's that's where he'll come in useful in that. South Africa in their prime had a had a position like that for Paul Harris, and he did it well for many years. Well, not many years, a couple years. Yeah, he was a. You know, I guess you can call him a spin bowler if you want. Um, a slow. Yeah, he threw those lefties sort of those those curved lefties, and he held up an end. Um, he allowed. Uh, he allowed our pace guys to rest. Um, he played his part. He didn't really have a long career, though. He sort of started and he was a bit late. Um, but yeah, he was there through through a lot of the times yeah, that we were in present. our prime. Yeah, he was present. Um, what do you want to look at next? Which sport do you want to look at next? Um, there isn't a lot for Premier League. Like, you know, there isn't... There's like... They've sort of made dynamite fixtures on sort of... What is it? I think it's um, Boxing Day, Leicester, Liverpool... That's yeah, one that's, I'm really looking forward to. That one. Yeah, that's gonna. And be the other one. Clash. And then the other Arsenal, one is Arsenal there's Arsenal Chelsea. United, like Arsenal United on um, New Year's. Okay, but there's also yeah. Arsenal Chelsea. Oh, is it okay? Uh, because Arsenal, man, they are struggling. Their fans are livid. <laughs> they want. Good. They they hate the directors. They hate the owners. They hate the coaches. They hate the players. Like. But I think I think the Premier League's already wrapped up. Basically, I, I don't see Liverpool, yeah, losing it. Um, it's going to be difficult for any team to to gain what more than ten points on on them. Uh, you're going to have to hope that Liverpool screw up like three games and four games in a row, um, and Leicester's the only team behind them. Uh, so it's you a, know it's a, a wrap. One. You know it's a rap when um, you like just look forward to fantasy stuff only. Like you're busy watching games because you know Lundstrom's playing or whatever. Yeah. Um, something like that. That's when you know it's pretty much wrapped up. And it's been a while since it's been like that. Uh, quite a few seasons recently have gone down to the line. Actually quite a lot in the last decade. Yeah. That'll be something to speak about in the New Year's episode. That moment when Aguero scored. Yeah, <laughs> that was, and um, that, yeah, I wanted a, I wanted a, uh, a Shearer released his um, team of the decade, so yeah, we'll speak about that as well. And then yeah, maybe we can go on to a bit of NBA. Then, well, like obviously the, the big question is uh, when is Williamson going to return for the Pelicans? Um, and it's yeah, they were hoping now soon. Um, so it'll be. I don't know if you've yeah, yeah. read anything. I'm scared, dude. I'm scared. I'm scared because he's just like a meniscus tear from like not even playing, not even playing competitive, like, you know, season NBA just from practice. That's quite concerning because he's like something super special. I mentioned him on the podcast months ago when he like came out of high school, basically, and went to Duke was when we started speaking about him. Um I think he's going to come back, but I fear that he's, when he's around, watch him. Because I think that now that the team's picked up on how fragile his knees are, how explosive he is, how they sort of get into his head, maybe. 
um, I think that's something they're going to use. Like, they're going to foul him really hard. They're going to take charge penalties. Um, and they're probably going to say a lot to him as well. Like, put him under that rookie pressure. But he's a big guy. Um, so he, he is, man. Him. He's the second heaviest guy in the flipping league. And that is absolutely incredible. If you look at the NBA average height versus weight, um, Boban's... Boban from the from I think he plays for the Clippers still I'm not sure he's an outlier by like so much. Um, Zion Williamson's far out. There's like no one even within like three or four spaces of him. He's such an outlier in terms of being his height and his weight and playing in the league. It's basically like an NFL player that can jump and reach and, ten feet. But um, you can't, can't so compare to LeBron. You can, but LeBron is LeBron and Zion's very different. Very different players. Um, I think, yeah, LeBron's still the best player in the world by far. I don't care what anyone says. I've seen a lot of Jordan's games. Ad- admittedly, I wasn't there to watch it at the time. I was very young, but I've seen a lot of it. Um, if someone had to play for my life, I'd pick uh, LeBron, man. He gets to the basket and he puts it in, basically. Yeah. I was watching some highlights from some yep. games yesterday. Um, and here 17 his- years special stuff man behind the head dunks and that kind of stuff like yeah no one else does it uh, except mm. LeBron um, mm. but maybe one of the big matchups on the 26th of December 1am uh, uh, LA Clippers versus LA Lakers basically we have previews of Eastern Conference Final Western Conference Final you can literally call it right now I'm not sure what the odds are take it you heard it here first Take it on either of those teams. Split your bet on either of those teams to make it to the conference final. You'll probably get both. Um, in terms of the East, it's going to be um, Bucks and 76ers. Um, in the West, it's going to be Clippers-Lakers. And you get both those matches. Um, yeah. I think I think, I think, think Bucks, um, the Bucks matches are on Christmas. And yeah. I think they are they both on Christmas. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's well in, in the USA Christmas. basically. Yes, yeah, in the yeah. US it's, it's so yeah in, in South Africa, the Bucks in Philadelphia will be playing at nine thirty p.m. Uh, and LA Clippers Lakers will be at three a.m. on Boxing Day. That'll be a lovely game, man. Like, if you really want to take a proper bet on a toss-up on who's going to win either of those games take the bet because I imagine odds will be even slightly favoring home side you don't get that in LA though um, you just get one you just get basically one of the LA teams is given home advantage they swap and then those season ticket holders get to come in to the stadium and it's basically their music and they announce first they basically just share the stadium which is silly for LA if you think about it wait but I think I might be incorrect because I think Clippers moved to a new stadium this season not sure if it's opened yet but yeah it's a magnificent stadium so yeah, um, take that bet. If Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are starting, if LeBron James and Davis are starting, you're looking at four of the top ten players in the league um, in one match, just for two teams. I think, I think that's like a new segment we could probably do uh, is like betting advice or our yeah, betting sure. advice. I don't know. Uh, I give you betting so advice all the time. Like I don't know if it pans out or not. You don't ever tell me, so I don't know. Especially yeah. for NBA. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, well, um, but that's, 50, that's 50, all part Would you say 50-50 of... or slightly more on winning and 
60-40 winning. Oh, wow. Okay, I'll take that, man. I'll take that. That's slightly yeah. better than random. Yeah. So we, maybe that's another segment we could look at doing. Um, yeah. And yeah, if Betway want to sponsor us, they can. Just yeah. drop that in there. Uh, <laughs> Shout um, out to Betway. We've been doing it for quite a while. Anything, we love Betway. Is there anything else you want to speak about for this uh, Christmas special? Not really, man. I had a look at the boxing fixtures. Nothing stands out. The Crawford match just went past. He obviously came out on top, pound for pound, best in the world. Um, the dude has, like, no homo. The dude has a 10-pack. Like, he's a boxer and he has a 10-pack. Like, a legitimate 10-pack. So he's obviously doing crazy sort of conditioning and sort of incredibly technical, unbeaten in more than 30, just lightning fast, um, a different kind of fighter. Um other than that, I don't see too much happening. The the recent heavyweight one just went past. Um, AJ coming out on top. The universe is restored to its natural, good-looking order. Everyone's calm again. <laughs> um, until so, yeah. Wilder comes along. Yeah, until Wilder comes along. Um, the bronze bomber. So, yeah, looking forward to that soon. Um, and I know people out there are boxing fans. say Canelo's pound for pound. Triple G's pound for pound. You obviously, you'll say uh, um, um, Lomachenko's pound for pound. Crawford. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Do your research. It's Crawford. Okay. Uh, and maybe like to wrap up, we can also just uh, yeah, speak about some of the SA rugby players now that are moving. Yeah, you'll know a lot better than I will about that. I had a look at some rugby fixtures like very quiet in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, well, it's, it's obviously the off-season down there, Northern Northern Hemisphere now is, is our prime prime time for for rugby and that. But the, all the South Africans over here, you've got Andre Pollard playing in Montpellier, and you've got Eben Etzebeth playing in uh, Toulon. Um, I see Beast has just signed for DC United uh, in America. How awesome is that, man? That is awesome. I saw that today. So yeah, it seems like a lot of the guys, or you've really got like Fafta Clack playing for Sale. Um, What's it got, with America always taking the people retiring for their fledgling leagues? <laughs> always it, do that. It's the only it, people they can get. It helps them. Hey, it works, works for both sides. Yeah, works. They get paid. These guys get paid really well, and then they get all their knowledge and skills passed on to all the the rookies down there. Mm. Um, That's true, man. So it it definitely works well. You just look at uh, their soccer league and how well it's grown. Um, yeah, so. but the sad thing is that they, they, they keep taking the old players. But I mean, the Americans have always been more about the fandom and the superstars than the actual sport itself. Like a lot of the fans just, you know, come to just see the people they know about and the celebrities and stuff. So I guess that's how they roll. Um, the Americans, like, it suits Beast, man. I and mean, it gives the crowd something to shout when he gets the ball. Works for everyone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, maybe it's a ploy to get all these Springboks up to speed on northern hemisphere uh climates and that come what's it uh the 2023 rugby world cup um yeah so maybe they, uh, it all starts gone. now to retain that thing man i mean it's never a bad thing when the usa get involved because they throw money at things so yeah. if it can catch on because i haven't i don't know why it doesn't catch on perhaps the rules are slightly too technical but it's basically contact without the pads. So I don't understand why they don't like it. There are a few states that do, but it doesn't catch on like how much you think it would. You'd think they'd want to hit each other without any pads on. 
yeah, well, it's, I think it's growing. Uh, probably give it a, a good couple of years. Their the sevens team is oh, one of the best in the world, actually. So uh, if they can translate what they're doing mm-hmm. with the sevens rugby into 15-man, uh, then they'll be on the right track. Uh, but yeah, I think we can mm. wrap, up our, wrap up our Christmas special there. Um, and yeah, thanks for everyone for listening uh, and hope you have a, a good rest of uh, your Christmas day. Thanks for listening and please remember to subscribe and follow us on our different social media pages. Catch you next time.